We're live, pal. Here we go. It's National Signing Day. Both our teams are making some big moves. Let's roll through all the signing day news, all the transfers. Talk about the first few bowl games and what's coming up next week. Andrew, why don't you talk to me? Jerry, how much time we got tonight? Because I'm going to teach you all something. First and foremost, it's National Signing Day, which means I am suited and booted. Bow tie and all. This is a bow tie affair tonight, sir that we are talking about the National Signing Day, early commitments. The University of Nebraska has cleaned up. Last week we talked, or last time we talked about Kyle McCord coming to the University of Nebraska. Well, like Ohio State, fuck him, because we got Dylan Riola. And anybody wondering how big a deal that it is to secure the number one pocket-passing quarterback in the country and stealing them from Georgia, your two-time defending national champions. Uh, it's a huge deal. I haven't seen this much excitement in Nebraska since Frost's announcement of being hired. That was a big deal. Um, Big-time games. We were ranked fifth 10 or 11 years ago in the country before we ran into a very good, I believe it was Texas football team. Uh, bottom line is the excitement is there. We landed a five-star recruit. Now, little history for all of you who love listening to me talk about Nebraska football. Dylan Riola is the highest-rated signee in the history of Nebraska football. The names like Tommy Frazier, Brooke Beringer, Amon Green, Mike Rezier, Johnny Rogers, uh, Eric Crouch. In Dominican Sioux, none of them were five stars. None of them. And that's crazy. None of them were five stars. Uh, we finally have a trigger man who maybe can not turn the ball over 31 times and has a hell of an arm, good strength. The other thing, people say, well, how did Nebraska get Dylan Riola? Well, his father, uh, not Donovan Riola, um, is it Donovan? No. Yes. Who's we'll go dad? with it. How about that? Whatever it may it's be. It, well, his father was the center for the University of Nebraska from 98 to 2001, post-Osborne years, first Solich years. He also was a freshman All-American, first team, was the Outland Trophy winner for interior linemen, and he won the um, Remington Award for being the best center in the country. Dominic Royola. That's his name. Dominic. Dominic. Okay. So uh, he was a big time player at the University of Nebraska. Now Dylan's father was a big time player at Wisconsin. And has now gone on to be the offensive line coach at the University of Nebraska. So uh, there's a lot of interesting things and elements at work. Obviously Georgia's quarterback says he's coming back. That That's a big deal. Um McCord didn't want to compete. So he's going to Syracuse. Uh, I mean, honestly, Riola, a freshman, the last time Nebraska started a true freshman, do you have any idea? 
care. I do not. Any I'm idea. Not even gonna the guess. last time Nebraska started a true freshman. No idea. His, his name was Touchdown Tommy. Tommy Frazier. Number 15. Went to four consecutive Orange Bowls. Won two national championships. Pretty good football resume that Tommy Frazier had. He's the last Yeah, Auburn's was Bo Nix, so it's almost at the that University of ago. Nebraska. Yeah, exactly, because he's an old man like you. Yeah. As I sip my coffee. But Dominic Riola, very influential in bringing Dylan in. The other thing is, and this can't be understated, they landed two defensive players they flipped from Maryland and Miami. They've secured another four-star quarterback from the universe, or from the state of Nebraska. They ended up catching the the best tight end and one of the considered one of the best high school players in the state of Nebraska from the little town of Ainsworth. Uh, they've got a four-star walk-on offensive tackle uh, who they didn't give a scholarship to. I mean, this is a huge day for Nebraska football. It warrants me wearing the bow tie. And I tonight am the Elijah Muhammad of the Husker Nation. So um, anybody who gets that joke, that's really high, high, high level uh, humor. But Google it, friends. Elijah Muhammad was of the uh, Nation of Islam and he wore a bow tie. So I am Islam is the uh, Elijah Muhammad tonight. But Top 25 recruiting class. Huge. Maybe Last it's... time they had it, Bo Pelini was the head coach. So you can't understate how important that is. One thing I don't like, uh, I'll be honest with you, looks like Florida State has lost a lot today. Don't know if you saw much of that, Terry, but they've lost several key players in the recruiting war today. Alabama gets the number one player in the country. Uh, not really shocked by that. Auburn, I'm gonna go ahead and let you take it away, buddy. Top 15 recruiting class, number 11 by ESPN. You said you looked at a different source, but yeah, uh, there's somewhere between seven and 11, depending on what you're looking at. I looked at on three. Um, yeah, they, they really went after receivers. Um, Two of the top seven receivers in the country. They really needed receivers. Uh, looks like they're going to stick with Peyton Thorne, so they want to surround him with some talent, um, some offensive line help. They got uh, transfers at offensive line and um, signed uh, two five-star receivers, two four-star receivers in this high school class. And there's one more five-star that's committed to Alabama that did not sign today that they've been trying to flip. He's probably going to Alabama. It's just one of those you still have hope for it kind of things. But how much room do you have for receivers anyway? So uh, we'll see what happens there. Well, we we had a couple of those ourselves. One thing I wanted to point out as part of my little mini tangent is Nebraska now has seven second-generation football players signed to this class. That's a big deal. That is is a huge deal that you've got seven guys whose fathers played at the University of Nebraska because, quite frankly, everybody, they're old enough. They played during the glory days. Um, Willis McGahee IV signed with Nebraska today. He didn't go to Miami like Daddy. He came to Nebraska. 
So, I mean, I'm very excited over the moon. I know I sound like a little kid in a candy store, but here's the thing. We haven't had anything to be this excited about in a really long time. Healing the number one quarterback available from the University of Georgia was huge. Huge. And then stealing a couple of those Miami guys, flipped a couple Texas guys, picked up some homegrown talent. You know, Nebraska always was really good in 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 state recruiting, but our our guys were never rated anything more than third or fourth. But if you win seventy five percent of your games and you go sixty and three the last five years and you win three national championships, you'd probably be okay with those three and four star recruits. Um, I think they're going to have a competitive edge, though. And to your point about Auburn with your five star guy, you may or may not get. Having Dylan Riola as the trigger man at Nebraska not only gives us a better opportunity to win games, let's be honest, but it also gives people a reason to come to Nebraska. If you're a receiver, you're a tight end. Nobody wants to play for a losing program. Who was the Heisman you mentioned that nobody could deny, but he didn't play for a very good football team last week, Terry? Um, Falk, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. Yeah. Uh, who's going to deny Marshall Falk and his talent and ability? Not at but all. But they didn't have a good football team. They had a good football player. They did not have a good football team, you right. know? Um, so so I'm really looking forward to what this will bring us now. And I certainly hope that um, – I certainly hope that – this is a step in the right direction for not only Auburn, but Nebraska. And I say that because it's been a painful decade for me. I'm sure. You know, I mean, I, I can, I can talk about Alabama, Nebraska. I can talk about any football team you want to talk about. I mean, that's what I love this so much, but growing up in Western Nebraska during the heyday of it all and watching this football team, listening to Adrian Fiala on AM radio, call the games, and they just dominated teams and dominated teams and dominated teams. And mm-hmm. arguably the 95 Huskers are the best team ever. Um, it's debatable, but they're right. always in the conversation. Even though the 71 Huskers that beat numbers two, three, and four are not always in the conversation, which is a little a little ironic. But um, no, nah, I'm very excited, obviously. Uh, I told you I've been drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, people are like, well, you need a, need a temper temper what you're doing or saying fuck that we've been three and nine we've been five and seven we've been four and eight i get fucking excited if i want to because as far as i'm concerned we are the big 10 champions in fucking recruiting this year terry and that's that's all that is right there well i was going to mention that i was i'm kind of poking around on the websites you know um looking at the sec comparison like you talk about Nebraska and Auburn and like in the SEC, obviously we got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Where does Auburn stack up in recruiting this year? So, you know, Georgia and Alabama are up top. They just are. And they're gonna be. And then Texas is third right now. And this is based on the own three. That's the website I'm on. Twenty four seven may have it different. I don't know, but Auburn is right there than Oklahoma. So there's some good teams in the conference behind them currently in the recruiting rankings, and that's a good sign. We didn't drop down to the level of the Mississippi States and the South Carolinas, 
we are up there with, with the big boys, and that's where we need to be. And if you look at the Big Ten, obviously that's also adding some teams. The only teams ahead of Nebraska right now are Blue Bloods. I mean, Washington is below. And then all the teams below, you got Wisconsin and Iowa below there. But the, the teams above are Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Oregon. USC, you know, depending on which site you look at. So um, I think both of them have jumped up this year and are in that small list at the top of the conference for recruiting before that gap hits where the lower teams come in. So that's that's a good sign. Now we got to see what they can do with it because the competition is getting tougher. Right. And one note I told you on my wish list was to keep Chubba Purdy on the football team. He is officially transferring out of the University of Nebraska. Mm. Um, let's face it, Dylan Riola is going to be the starter yep. unless hell freezes over. Right. And that's no disrespect to Hartberg, no disrespect to Purdy, no disrespect to our um, newly signed four-star recruit in-team, in-house uh, quarterback whose name escapes me, and it's Danny K. He was the guy thinking about going to Michigan State, okay. and they talked him out of it, and he's going to play back up to Riola because everybody is under the impression that Dylan Riola is not going to make it four years. And it's not because he's untalented, and it's not because Nebraska's going to suck. It's because he's so good, he might just say, hey, I'm going to the draft, you know, and he mm -hmm. can do that. He can do that after two years. So you got to have a backup plan. But yeah, like I said, they got Willis McGahee, the fourth, who they put in as an edge number three, picked up two four-star wide receivers. So you're already giving Riola somebody to throw to. On the island, you got Fedoni at tight end. You got Carter Nelson. He's the best player in the state of Nebraska, largely considered. And he's coming in. I mean, it's just a, it's an amazing job that Rule did. And you got to give it to him. But um, I, I don't like seeing Chubba Purdy enter the transfer portal. He's probably going to have to play for a less than team. And you hate to say that, but everybody's already made their moves. And he's making his move on National Signing Day. So um, I think the Riola deal, obviously just kind of torpedoed any plans he may or may not have had for his tenure at Nebraska. Uh, but we appreciate what he did. He was a good player. He needed more time, but he was hurt most of the year. So they had to go with the Harburg option, who they think will go back to tight end. But uh, based on what I'm seeing, that's a ton of weapons. Like you're talking about Hugh Freeze reloading the Auburn mm -hmm. gun, and he has to. Because Freeze isn't going to play defense. I mean, they will in Auburn because they have to play some defense. But he's not a defense first coach. Right. He's looking to shoot the lights out, you know, and 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 control he the. He didn't have the, the receivers to by do it pressing this year. the other. A big problem. The other team's yeah. defense, and he had no chance of doing that this year. But when you can run the ball, control the clock, open the play action pass, um, Auburn had a very good game. We both watched against Alabama. Mm -hmm. They had a very good game against. Against Georgia, they had a very good game against Ole. Yes, but you know, I'm sure you feel the same way I feel about it. 
Nebraska has lost 37 or less, 31 score games in the last five seasons. That's not a statistic you hang your fucking hat on. Oh, we were three and nine, but we lost those nine games by a total of 46 points. That's actually true. Uh, okay, great. You know, um, they count the same, but that that's not the way. Yeah, that does not that does not equate to national championships or, or playing at a higher level. So really glad to see that. I'll get off my soapbox about Nebraska, but I warned you it was going to be. Oh, time you're wearing the bow tie. Because here's the thing. <laughs> We're wearing a bow tie and we ain't got nothing to get excited about in the state of Nebraska for a very long time. Well, and there's I mean, really, the last time this, I mean, the team was relevant. What else we're talking Sue. about today? The last anyway, time they were because, relevant was Sue. I mean, we've got a handful of bowl games that were played this week, and none of the teams were all that great. Some of the games were good, so it's not like a regular le- week, like the regular season. This is the story this week, more than the bowl games are. So let's run with along it. along with and I. And I didn't see if it was in the notes. Michigan, more uh, charges of um, violations, level one and, and above violations. They're going after Harbaugh for recruiting violation in 20, and they're going after the university again. So I said this to a friend of mine who's a Michigan guy, just bought a car from me recently. I told him, I said, buddy, Harbaugh's done after this year is over he's like you think they're gonna fire him over i said no i said he's tired of the ncaa and there's gonna be enough enough job openings in the nfl where he did really 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 well his ass is going back to the professionals because he's tired of this nonsense you know um Mm -hmm. it's funny that there are rules to recruiting when you have an nil in place you know i mentioned it it looked like a lot of on. this was based on recruiting during the dead period, during the COVID period. COVID, so 2020. So they're coming after him three years later. Yeah. Right. I think they're just piling on whatever they can. They're trying to push him. And, and my thing is, yeah, my thing is, is you want him gone. That's clearly the the message. You know, you want his ass gone. Well, if you want him gone... You want him gone, but I I promise you, Jim Harbaugh will land on his feet. He coached a hellacious Stanford team for a long time, went to the Niners, was highly successful, went to Michigan, had a couple bad seasons. They threatened to fire his ass, and look what he's done the last couple years. Now, he has the unenviable task of defeating the greatest football coach of all time and a white-hot Alabama that had a month to prepare for this game. Not easy for anybody to beat Nick Saban and his football team, but not easy when you've got 30 days. And you've seen it, Terry, as an Auburn fan, how difficult it is to beat Saban when he's got his guys fired up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've also seen it as a football fan when Saban is given the time to prepare, he's going to take something from you. And you don't necessarily know what his target is going to be. I mean, is he going to try to eliminate the running back there at Michigan? Is he going to try to to pressure the quarterback to the point where he's never been pressured this time? 
with some exotic blitzes and stuff. My point is, I don't know. I don't have a suspicion as to what he's going to do. But he's going to do something to take away a weapon from Michigan. And the only way they beat Saban is by figuring out how to beat the, the takeaway. That's the only way that they're going to beat Nick Saban. Um, Alabama well, we doubted him before earlier in the season with all the crap going on. I mean, he's he's been suspended for six games this year, and two of those games and were they keep winning. Game. And they keep winning. And so, they keep winning. Yeah, that's one of those things. It's like you, uh, we've had logic of this is the week. You know, kind of like Washington, right? This is the week it's going to happen. We expect it to happen, and it just doesn't happen. So um, I think both of those teams are interesting because if you had to ask me who's the the teams in the playoffs that might be best, I might think Alabama's got the uh, a good top end. Texas does. Michigan does. And with, in Washington, I haven't really seen it, but they're just winning. You know, so we'll see what happens there. I don't know. Here, here's a conversation starter for you, because I've heard it from multiple people, including my buddy who loves to rib me and tells me that Georgia is trash this year. Okay, you're an 11 and one football team in the SEC that seemingly during the season just turned it on whenever they wanted to. Close game against Auburn. We acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. probably played South Carolina a lot closer than they wanted to, but they drummed Ole Miss and, and Lane Kiffin had a very good football team this year. Yeah, They drummed, uh, who was the other team? They beat the breaks off. Was it Tennessee? Kentucky. And then handled Kentucky. That's they played, right. And they I handled at Florida, Kentucky you know? after Auburn and whipped them. Yeah, it was ugly. And then, of course, they played They played a closer one with Missouri because Missouri was a lot better football team, I think, than everybody suspected. Um, well, if you want to talk recruiting, Missouri, Missouri pulled um, the number one edge, you know, according to on three, which is what I'm looking at, uh, the number one edge in the country. You know, you don't – you know, we thought of Missouri as a good football team this year, but you don't think of them being that level of recruiting. but. No, that's a big time get for them. Yeah, and and like I said, Durkowitz has that program going the right way. Yeah. I think that I think they were a very good football team and a couple plays. They really just got outlasted by Georgia in that game, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the other game that they lost. I for, I always forget who it was that beat them, um, but I don't think that was a bad beat either because they they beat Florida. But I can't remember who they who they beat, and it really doesn't matter, or who they lost to, and it really doesn't matter. But from the perspective that people think Georgia is down or not dominant or whatever, I was live at the SEC championship game, and I promise you Georgia's a good football team. But what Nick Saban did at the Georgia game was he took away their tight ends. Brock Bowers and McCulkey did not have the game that they'd been having, and Really, when we saw them blow the doors off of Ole Miss, that's who they were using was McCulkey and, and Bowers because they were both back. And then, of course, Mims, the running back, came back the same game. Uh, so I don't, you know, I don't discredit Georgia. Now, this I will say, with everything going on in Tallahassee right now, 
between them being, you know, uh, I mean, at this point, get the fuck over the fact you're out of the playoff. I'm done hearing about it. I'm done seeing the ESPN articles. I understand it sucks. Go ahead and try legal action. What are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing that nothing you can do that's going to overturn that playoff committee's decision based on everything that you've all signed. Go play football. Here's the problem. They're all opting out of the damn game. Georgia's going to win in a runaway. If you so, pick Georgia to to lose to win by any less than twenty eight points in that bowl game, you're crazy because Georgia rolls. Yeah, I w- would have to look to see who's out. I mean, I would expect the depth to take over here, but um, I don't know. Depends on who sits because a lot of Georgia is. They've got some key players there, and they've won without the key players, but I don't know. Florida State's defense is pretty good. If if they are not um, – if they don't have a lot of guys sitting on defense, maybe they can – maybe uh, maybe they can play with Georgia a little bit if the right guys are out. Uh, the big thing there is you – know, Don't try, don't try to be rational. I'm being well, irrational you know. tonight. Don't try to be rational. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, realistically, we're at the point where Kool-Aid. bowl games don't mean anything anymore at all unless you're mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And to answer your question, Missouri was leading LSU after three quarters, and LSU scored 22 points to beat them. And and Jaden Daniels declared for the draft today. Yeah. And he's sitting for the bowl game. So that's Again. Some news. Uh, I don't have to even look it? that up. See, I don't even yeah. know this stuff. Who is LSU even playing in the bowl game? Let me look that up. LSU. LSU is in the Relia Quest Bowl it against been a pretty Wisconsin. Good... Oh, yeah. LSU in a route. Should be. But without Daniels, maybe not. I don't know. Because I don't know who their backup is. In LSU. Yeah, well, they, yeah, don't, they that, don't play that is a heck of a statement LSU. there. When's the last time you said they don't play Nussmeier. defense at LSU? <laughs> it, it's Nussmeier. Nussmeier's their backup, remember? He yep. came in in the Alabama game after they knocked out uh, Daniels. Oh, that's Nussmeier. true. Anyway, go ahead, Terry. I'm not trying to eat up all the time tonight, but um, I am wearing a bow tie. A bow tie, by the way, that was given to me in Atlanta by you and Allison and, right. and our other friends. Uh, Amy, you know, so I mean, I love it. Bow tie, <laughs> well, I will be wearing it for the kickoff of the season as well. Okay, except it'll probably be a black shirt affair because you know, we're the black shirts on defense. Yeah. Okay, I'll wear my bow tie with a black shirt, but see, I have a black background, so you can't put black on black. You'll this be a floating head. We need that. I need to do some clips of you with a floating head and a bow tie. That would be fantastic. Correct. Floating head, bow tie, but, Andrew, floating with a black background. Anyway, let me run through the bowl games that have occurred. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes on the bowl games other than scores, only one. So the Myrtle Beach Bowl kicked us off on Saturday. Um, Ohio beat Georgia Southern 41-21. And here's the one note that I have on these games. Ricky Hunt, Ohio's running back, he had 19 career rushing yards coming into the bowl game. 17 carries, 115 yards, and five total touchdowns. 
that's the story so far of guys sitting and another guy stepping up. Big time play by Ricky Hunt there. So the Celebration Bowl, Florida A&M beat Howard 30-26. to 26. In the New Orleans Bowl, Jacksonville State, who got in on a waiver because they are new to FBS, they beat Louisiana 34-31 in overtime. The Cure Bowl, Appalachian State beat Miami, Ohio 13-9. to That had to be a fantastically boring game. Pause, it was not. Here's why. <laughs> it was a torrential rain pour. Now, now, you know I'm watching App State. It was a torrential downpour in Orlando, Florida. There were 12 turnovers in this game. Wow. 12. 12 turnovers in this football game. I thought they'd kidnap some Nebraska players. At least well, the quarterbacks. In the first route of the bowl season, um, I guess I'm not counting that first one. 37 to 10, Fresno beats New Mexico State. And New Mexico State, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about them being a tough team and um pretty stout all around. They did not show it against Fresno. Big loss. Did you see where Jerry Kill came out and said that they weren't allowed to use the training facilities and all that, the practice? And I've read some uh, of that, and then there was response about uh, – because it was at New Mexico. So New Mexico State played at New the University of New Mexico's um, stadium for their bowl game. And um, basically the response was, you got everything everybody else got. But there was some kind of story – about um and i would have to look at the details earlier in the season or preseason or something maybe when new mexico state played at new mexico there was a video of the new mexico state quarterback um taking a leak on the practice field of new mexico or something i'll have to look that up to get the details but um it's a rivalry yeah i just pointed i'm yeah kill was there and then UCLA, old Chip Kelly. Oh, goodness. We, he made headlines. Boise State, though, gets beat 35-22. Yep. Kelly's team gets the bowl game. Kelly keeps his job, of course. And then he says, let's just eliminate conferences altogether and yeah. have 64 in a group and 64 in a group. And whoever's the best team's the best team. But he did a lot better job than I am. I'm oversimplifying it, of course. He had really thought this out with his yeah. answer. I think I shared it with you, and you had seen it. We talked about it. Yeah, I saw it where some of it. He's talking about the the ways that you could actually make this work and everything else. Speaking specifically of logistics, that we're mm -hmm. talking about UCLA now entering the Big Ten. So UCLA should be playing teams like Arizona in basketball and softball, but they're going to be playing in the Big Ten. Maybe they should be a football yeah, only. Yeah, that makes but sense. But you can't do football only, so you got to eliminate the conference. And he, his whole point was there's a lot of things the Southwest schools do very well that the Midwest schools are not going to do very well. And yeah. that's not really lending itself to any sort of – competition or or you know rankings or or whatever for for those teams uh, so we don't think don't ucla's know. got a great um, hockey team that well that's my point any more yeah any more than um i guess what would be well like nebraska was surfing team in, ba in basketball for a little while yeah um but you know them them in ucla it's the damn it's damn liberal country 
a bunch of you bunch of Che Guevara supporting motherfuckers down there in the land of the nuts and fruits. They ain't act like they got any damn sense. By twenty thirty five, the state is banning diesel fuel. Good luck getting your fucking food, you dumb motherfuckers. But but this is a football show. We're not talking <laughs> politics. So anyway, only for I don't a know few what seconds. What the hell I they're guess. doing in California? I I just don't want any part of it. Um. And then California Light, also known as Colorado, has decided to keep Trump off of the ballot. Uh, maybe we can get Coach Dion to weigh in on that. He should do that because we need an excuse to talk about Coach Prime every week here on the show. I think his response is he, he wants to get on dating. the ballot himself. Yeah. Yeah. So did you hear talking about Coach Prime? Forget Trump. I mean, Trump is Trump. I'll send you all the funny stuff. You can all ask me about Trump. I don't care. Uh, off air, but this is a football show. Did you see they only got six letters of intent signed today at Colorado? They did, but they are also number one in the transfer portal right now. In the transfer portal. That's what I was going to point out. So there is a philosophy difference here that we could explore in mm -hmm. not maybe not tonight, but at some point where you've got the blue blood programs. Let's name them. Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio Florida State. State looks like it could be on the rise. Ohio State, Oregon's going to be one that gets it. Mm -hmm. Naturally, naturally, um, are going to recruit. Yeah. Organically, they've got the system in place. Right. You've got somebody who spent a lot of his life in two pro sports who's used to having to make deals, negotiate contracts, buy teams. He has put together one hell of a football team, at least by what the results of the transfer portal look like. I don't honestly know anything about the six signees today. Um, but his transfer portal was all about an offensive line, and he went it was. and he got one. And he, he got one. And he needed it, and, and he, he got he it. he got a very good one from what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, but to your point, Terry, is it building a team or are we building a program? Well, I think and that things are changing. Is going to be the interesting thing that comes out that comes out with the portal is we can build the University of Colorado to compete in the playoff with these big powerhouses. But you're going to have to keep building that team. Like you're going to have to rebuild the team year after year. Whereas in Athens, Georgia, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Columbus, Ohio, or Ann Arbor, Michigan, they just reload the fucking gun. And yeah. here they come again. You know, and that's that right there. I mean, USC's facing the same thing. Mm -hmm. They had a flight of people leave the team this year. Yes. They're gone. They lost their quarterback um, that was supposed to replace Caleb Williams. Supposedly, you know, one of these very high prospects that was going to be someone with the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman with Lincoln Riley as his coach. They're building teams with, with the transfer portal. Yeah, they Oklahoma, went and got Kansas State's quarterback. Yeah, Oklahoma, a blue blood, is building teams with the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. uh texas today did it by recruiting 
they got a very good class in Texas, a, a really good job by Starkeesian. But you, you name these guys, these teams that have been around, won a lot of games, whatever. They're not the ones relying on the transfer portal. So when we talk about it, we joke about it. Nebraska's had a football program. Auburn's had football seasons. And all we mean by that, it's not disrespectful to either of them, is but for 35 years, Nebraska won eight, nine, 10, 12 football games a year. We're always in the top 25, whatever. To your point, Auburn, when they had Bo Jackson, they had a football team, but you never built well, a program off of I don't know. Bo I'll Jackson disagree in the 80s. Go to Auburn. Because you know. Auburn won multiple consecutive SEC championships without Bo Jackson in the 80s. So that at that point, I would say Pat Dye built a program. Um, recent years, those you know, Tuberville had a string, but um, there hasn't been that consistency. Zero four team was a very good football team, mm -hmm. but you didn't have anything after that until two thousand ten. I would have was to look back the at the numbers there. Was ten the year of Cam the man? Ten was the year, yeah, of Cam, yeah. And then 13 was a pretty good year for y'all. Mm -hmm. Spoiled Alabama. So, well, and there's other seasons we spoiled Alabama, but we don't really. I mean, if you end up defining your season by messing up your rival season, then you've pretty much decided you're not good enough. So, um, I really like that philosophy, though, genuinely. That, yeah, the, the whole we get you can throw the record book out the window but it's not really a winning season if the only team you beat is your arch rival <laughs> exactly unless you're Although army I navy penn, go ahead and do it if was, you're army navy <laughs> i was gonna say i think penn state at this point though would take a win over michigan or ohio state, and lose so. to iowa at some point yeah and but th they that's a good point they, though but they hired i was just gonna say they hired defensive coordinator uh from indiana the old coach they just fired the Indiana coach they fired for all that money. Mm -hmm. uh, Herman, is it? Yeah. Anyway, he's the new D.C. at Penn State. But to kind of bring it back to this team versus um, program thing, so we mentioned the top teams that are recruiting the high school players, and these are the guys that are in the playoffs or they were in their conference championship games. Those are the teams that are near the top of the high school recruiting rankings. Here's the list of teams near the top of the transfer portal. It's Colorado, Ole Miss is second. Then you got Louisville, TCU, South Carolina, Texas Tech, NC State, Arizona State, Kentucky, and Houston. Some of those teams are pretty good. Ole Miss, obviously, we talked about being good. But none of these teams. I, I, need, mean, a second, I, I need a second when you finish that thought about Ole Miss. <laughs> But none of these teams have done it recently. They've come close. They just haven't Correct. done it, including Louisville, because obviously they lost to Florida State. All right, your turn, sir. Ole Miss just extended Lane Kiffin's contract to 2028. As we theorized on this show, and clearly people at Oxford listen to us, 10 games is the ceiling in Oxford. 
You know, maybe it's the ceiling. Yeah. You got to get that puncher's chance. But here's the deal, and we both accept it. If there was a 12-team playoff this year, Ole Miss would be in the playoff. Mm -hmm. If there was a 12-team playoff this year, Missouri would be in the playoff. Yeah. So when you start looking at some of these teams, Terry, that are getting good recruits and getting transfers, there's a reason for that. Because I we've said it, all Lane needs is that puncher's chance. Well, a 12-team playoff gives you the puncher's chance. It does. And I expect, honestly, and people hate this, but I really don't. I don't, I don't think people hating it's going to stop anything from happening. Um, the way, I think I've said this before, but the way that we are increasing to 12 and we now have NIL and we now have the transfer portal, in bowl games, no matter how big they are, people are sitting out of them. I just see it leading to 16-team playoff, 24-team playoff, maybe a 32-team playoff, and we just start squeezing those bowls out. And maybe maybe the group of five ends up having the bowl games and the power five is just playoffs. I mean, we're headed in some kind of direction for, for a big change here. That's interesting. I don't think you've ever quite spelled it out that much. I would certainly hope not that we don't have to do the basketball playoff. I do enjoy March Madness, but how do you navigate? I mean, football is a little different than basketball, and it's not to dis disparage what the basketball players do. But they, they schedule two games a weekend for the month of March. You ain't going to do that with football. Well, I mean, we'll more than likely. The, I mean, Again, though, the FCS does this. So uh, it, there's no reason to say the FBS can't do it if the SCS does it. Are, are those guys not as important where it, when it comes to how many games they play? If that's the case, we need to have them do fewer playoff rounds and, and let them play bowl games. That hasn't been a good enough yeah, excuse that's interesting. for that. Now, how many games do they play, 12? I'm not Did sure. I'll have to look at that. But I, yeah. I'm just curious if they play 12. But it's going to be. Yeah, that, it's going to be. They're hanging on to stuff. So you know, Rose Bowl is always complained. Don't mess us up. You know, we're the granddaddy of them all. You know, all that kind of stuff. They are less important than they used well, you, to be. Obviously. Well, they were the games. they were the granddaddy of them all when conferences matter, and it was going to be the Pac-12 champion versus the Big Ten champion. They certainly were the big daddy, granddaddy of them all. But mm -hmm. with the playoff taking, you know, the rotation, and that was such a big deal when they negotiated the playoff. What bowl games were going to be part of it? Which ones weren't? You know, the yeah. is it going to be the Fiesta, the Sugar, the Cotton, the whatever, and. Yeah, it's just decoration. I don't know. I mean, it it's kind of me... stupid. It's it's not the bowl game. We're just calling it the Rose Bowl because it just the Rose Bowl had a fit and wanted to be a part of something. Well, and this is the position I have, and I said it last week, but I don't mind restating it. Just and I'll restate it in a different way. When the TNA top ten, Meineke Car Care, Fresh Toothpaste Bowl came to fucking town. All of the Bulls lost their importance. They lost their luster. I mean, and it's no offense to our show or Meineke or Toothpaste. 
But we're big on toothpaste. Just let you know. And now there's forty. Now there's now. Yeah, have good breath, people. Have 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 good smelling breath. Especially you're gonna be dealing with each other all day. Fucking a. Fifty. 43 bowl games, though, plus the championship game is too yeah. many. It's just, it's too damn many. And now yeah. you've got the playoffs. How's that navigating? Are they part of the bowl games or not? And and I know we'll get into all that in the offseason. Too many but my teams. Point is, I've said that a million times. Yeah, but my point is, it's WrestleMania for those of our fans that are wrestling fans. Not everybody needs to be on the damn card. Well, not every football team needs a bowl game. You've yep. made them not special. Speaking of too many, to bring it back to signings, I don't know what's happening oh, yeah. with this, but Oregon is getting both Dante Moore transferring as a quarterback from UCLA and Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. How they got both of these guys to transfer to Oregon, I have no clue. Because... Caleb DeBoer is the coach of the year. He won that today. The AP coach of the year. He may not be a good planner or organizer because I'm with you. You started where, – where did the other boy come from? It was Oklahoma for Gabriel. Where did he – Oklahoma uh, and UCLA. UCLA, okay. But he played good football at UCLA for Chip Kelly. He's good he quarterback. Did. So – uh, unless, and that's the reason I picked Boise State in the in the bowl game because mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be there. But, oh well, they Terry, who's won. who's leading the bowl games right now? That's right. It's oh, me. you're welcome. Huge lead, huge <laughs> lead. Anyway, huge. I <laughs> should have shouldn't have picked Marshall. Huh? That's right. Man, you eight and have. one. So there are Who three the more quarterbacks Texas Tech that are was going to win though either. I don't know. Uh, you said my notes said something, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but there's three quarterbacks, quarterbacks that, are... that are still out there that are noteworthy. KJ Jefferson just went into the portal. He's from Arkansas. Um, Malik Murphy back up at Texas. Texas, he's out yep. there. And, and Cam the way, Ward we'll from there. Washington State. I'll say, let's talk about Texas for a second. Obviously, yeah. Starkeesian, Ewers is coming back, but Arch Manning just got, got closer to the starting job. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, one and maybe more that year. was part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was part of the conversation. You know, but if they can successfully keep Ewers there, have a good showing in this playoff, hell, they can win it. Texas is capable of beating two football teams. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say they can't. They could beat all three teams that are in the playoff. Um, but they could have a hell of a run starting at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to get any easier, though. It's only going to get not. more difficult because I, I, I'm I, not trying to disparage our Big 12 fans in the in the audience uh, in the that listen to us, which we appreciate. But, baby, the Big 12 is not the SEC. It, ju- it just is not the SEC. Um. You talk about the parasitic effect conferences have on each other, where they all eat each other alive, Terry. Mm-hmm. That's going to be brutal in the SEC next year. Going to be brutal in the Pac or the uh, not Pac twelve. The Big Twelve will be a little bit brutal, but the Big Ten is going to be exceptionally difficult. 
like you've said, to have an undefeated season. But if you've got an undefeated season, you're probably in the top four if you're coming out of the power conferences next year. Um, unless it's just a really bad Big 12 um, or Atlantic Coast. But I think, uh, honestly, Texas is poised for a hell of a run with what they've done. But I, to your point last week where you said sometimes coaches may indicate, hey, guy, you might want to look for a new home because we're going to do something different. Mm-hmm. Arch Manning is not, not going to stay at Texas forever if he never gets a chance to take a snap. But maybe they thought it was time to tell Malik Moore, hey, we appreciate you, but it's time for you to move on, you know. Um, and he played some big football for him this year, helped to keep him uh, – keep them with the one loss only. So I don't, I mean, I don't have a, a bad thing to say about the kid, but it's like you said, what kind of conversation are they having behind closed doors where maybe they're not told they have to leave, but they're encouraged would probably be a best way to say it. Well, and it's also, I think a lot of times, you know, even, you know, I said that about the coaches saying, Hey, might be best for you to move on. Uh, best for both of us. Um, I think a lot of times it's similar to just having a career somewhere else where you start with a company and you come in at a certain salary and realistically, sometimes you're not getting more until you move somewhere else. And I think that's happening with the uh, NIL also. Um, You start at Auburn and you come in and agree to a certain amount of NIL value or whatever. And um, then you realize, well, you know what? Arkansas sure could use a cornerback or something like that. And, you know, I could probably get a little bit more money if I went to Arkansas. And you've already established yourself at a certain value where you are. Uh, and then you, you go out there and, and once you start looking – you know, I don't know. It's hard to go back when you start looking, even if maybe mm-hmm. that was the best place for you. Uh, once you start looking around, you're probably leaving. Right. Right. So I think a lot of that's happening too. It's just kind of how it is. That's the real world. It well, just hasn't been Ky- part of college football in the past. And realistically, who thought Kyle McCord at 11 and one would go to Syracuse? Yeah, I know, I don't know. I mean, he there was talk about Nebraska. Obviously, they they saw that they were about to flip flip this high school guy, and decided um, maybe we don't need to try so hard with McCord because we're going to bring this other guy in and we want a competition. And you know, there's reports that maybe the reason he left Ohio State was there was going to be some competition. He didn't want any part of it. He said, "I was eleven and one here." And I lost to the one, number one team in the country. So why are you? Um, why am I having to compete? And then you end up at Syracuse. But hey, Syracuse be, be, probably be pretty good next year. Yeah, because if we can be critical for a minute, and it's not a fuck Ohio State thing, McCourt missed a lot of the big plays and opportunities when he needed to make them, and I get that. But I don't think he was given the grace by the Ohio State community or fans. Mm-mm. On the other hand. You are a Division One athlete 
with an entitlement attitude that you shouldn't have to compete for your position. That's completely wrong. 100% wrong. Yep. And I don't care if it's Ohio State or Auburn or the University of Nebraska or anybody else. You're going to compete. And the best players are the ones that play. Right. Where's the confidence in the 11 and 1 where you led the team to 11? Where's the confidence that where's you the were com- the guy? Where's that the confidence that? in yourself? Yeah. Where's the yeah. belief in yourself that you're going to be the guy to beat Michigan or beat Penn State or beat whoever? Even if it that- means, you know, even if it means you join the transfer portal, you flirt with Nebraska, where's the confidence that I'm better than this high school guy coming in? Where's that? I don't know. We'll see. He'll probably prove us wrong and break records at Syracuse next year. Well, Riola's first stop is going to be at the uh, Indominican Sioux weight training complex because it's always been a big thing for the University of Nebraska. Yeah. And he's already 6'2 and 2 and a quarter. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Riola's going to get beefed up, and he's going to be ready to play. But mark my words, when we launch the season two of next year, Dylan Riola is going to be the starting quarterback at the University of Nebraska. Oh, there's no reason not to be. If you've seen him on film at all, he has amazing vision, incredible arm strength, good footwork, but he's. this is the one thing that concerns me as a Nebraska fan. He's a passing quarterback. We are a running team. But hell, if you don't turn the ball over 31 times, I'm all for it. Throw the damn thing. Um, but it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And, um, you know, I mean, like, like you've said, Terry, today was a great day for both of us. Um, but the idea, they're making it easy for te- – they're making it easy – to finish this thought for players to just say fuck it and leave because there's 133 other teams to play for and while this may offend our one buddy who is a syracuse fan yeah i love you Devin. and while this may offend you university of nebraska syracuse orangeman nebraska orangeman nebraska orangeman i know i'm biased but nebraska's got the money the resources the fan base everything you need I'm going with Nebraska, not Syracuse. But McCord made his choice, so we'll see what happens. And uh, like you said, a quarterback, because I said the same thing for the last hour, a quarterback is such a vital piece to a football team these days. Syracuse might be a really good football team next year in the ACC. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. Why don't we run through this week's bowl games? By this week, I mean... Today's Thursday. the 20th, buddy. Yeah. I mean, so starting tomorrow, Thursday, December 21st, through next Wednesday, December 27th. Our plan is to record next Wednesday. That may change. We'll see. But that's the games we'll go through. One game on Thursday, that's the Boca Raton Bowl, South Florida versus Syracuse. That's kind of interesting because we were just talking up Syracuse big time. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of. Um, opt-outs here. 
looks like they're pretty much full force. Not a, there's nothing about, uh, I think, left guard for South Florida is out with injury, and that's the only thing I really see here. There's an edge for South Florida that's um, in the transfer portal. Syracuse um, fired their head coach, so um, they will have an interim head coach for this game. Uh, but teams right. should be pretty much full force. There's not a big bunch of players not playing in this one. Um, Friday, there's also one game. That's the Gasparilla Bowl, whatever that means. <laughs> That's Georgia Tech against UCF. Um, a couple of defensive players for Georgia Tech are, are in the transfer portal. An edge and a cornerback. They were both starters. Uh, UCF has a, corner, a starting cornerback in the transfer portal. Um, looks like probably a backup center. He got 200 and something snaps. I would say he's probably the backup there in the transfer portal. Um, starting quarterback, um, John Reese Plumley will play in the bowl game for UCF. So, a um, couple of big players out for both sides in that one. Um, then we yeah, go to Saturday. The, go ahead. I give the edge to UCF, I think, just because. Uh, you know, like so many other coaches, you're going to give Gus a little time to make a plan, and he's going to draw yeah. it up, buddy. There's going to see you're going to see some fun. You're going to see some fun plays, if nothing else, well, for our fans in the Georgia Tech UCF game. You're going to see some fun and creative offense in some way. Well, let me just say it this way: a little bit of a shot. At least the first quarter will be that. Oh my God! <laughs> Stop it. Okay, let's move to Saturday, 12-23. We'll start with the Birmingham Bowl, Troy against Duke. Um, Troy's head coach left for the Tulane job. Um, Duke is going to miss an offensive tackle and defensive lineman. They're both opt-outs. Um, starting quarterback, two running backs are in the transfer Riley Leonard for Duke. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a defensive tackle, edge, get, linebacker, get, safety. Several people out for Duke here. Troy's got a shot. That's what I was just going to say. I give Troy a chance because of the absence of all of the other players. Bunches of people missing. Head coach. Well, I mean, I didn't even mention it here, but Duke's head coach is going to Texas A&M. There's no note about him yeah, being Elko. missing here. I'm sure he's already left. But, yeah, so that's – um. Oh, a lot oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So then the Camellia Bowl is also yep. on Saturday. That's Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. Um, there's a starting linebacker for Arkansas State in the transfer portal and a starting wide receiver for North Northern Illinois in the transfer portal. So that's pretty light. They're both fairly close to, to full strength. Uh, the Armed Forces Bowl, and this one's pretty interesting. James Madison against Air Force. Both of these teams were undefeated for quite a bit of the season. Um, James Madison obviously uh, went further than Air Force being undefeated. Um, I don't know. When did James Madison get beat? Was it last week of the season? Next to last week of the season? Something like that. Uh, it was the second to last week of the season, yeah. But listen to this list. Starting quarterback running back, edge, defensive line, linebacker, linebacker, cornerback, all in the transfer portal. 
for James Madison. Head coach and most of the staff have already left for Indiana. Mass exodus from James Madison. And Air Force, um, starting running back, which, you know, starting running back, backup running back, those are, you have more than one. But um, a running back with a lot of playing time, at least. Tight end and offensive tackle all in the transfer portal. Uh, the starting quarterback apparently got injured. I don't have the details here. There was a note that he could return for the first time since the start of November. So um, Air Force may be better than – Which you know, would be about Air the Force, time – They went on the losing streak. Was undefeated. And yeah. About, and that, that about lines up with your timeline for why they started losing football games. Yeah, so to me – even I think even without the starting quarterback coming back, James Madison is missing a lot in this game. Air Force, Air Force is yep. a pretty tempting pick here. Uh, then we got the I just put Potato Bowl because I don't put the full name, but this is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Georgia State and Utah State. Utah State has no notes because everyone is available. That's the first team on the whole thing that I put everyone available. Georgia State's missing a starting running back, starting wide receiver, yep. starting offensive tackle, starting cornerback, all in the transfer portal. So then the 68 yeah, go Ventures Utah Bowl. State. Yeah, exactly. They should. 68 Ventures Bowl. I don't even know. I have no clue what 68 Ventures could possibly be. I guess they want you to Google it to figure that out. But that's just... Let's, let's not even pretend. Let's just give it the stupidest name ever. 68 Ventures Bowl, South Alabama and Eastern Michigan. Uh, South Alabama has a starting wide receiver in the transfer portal. Um, the starting quarterback for South Alabama re-aggravated an injury to his knee in the season finale. Uh, it doesn't say he's out. It just says he aggravated his knee. You know, that can be healed up by by game time. We'll have to see. Eastern Michigan, starting quarterback, offensive guard, and edge all in the transfer port. So these are big losses and, with starting quarterbacks out like that. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now for all of our fans that love how I just put it out there for everybody, even if my customer didn't tonight, because I'm very blunt and to the point. Nobody gives a flying fuck about any of those games. They're going to be awful in terms of we're missing components and pieces. Now, they might be fun if something happens like yeah. the App State game where if they turn snow. the ball over 12 times. Yeah. Yeah. But all, the directional schools for Michigan, I could give a shit. Okay? Well, Not even it's... interested. Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. Northern Michigan or Southern Michigan, I don't care. And it's like um, I'm watching it because it's Michigan football and there's no other football game on. And that's the only reason because there's no true. competition. Now, I say all that to say this, Terry. The next game, <laughs> oh, I'll yeah, let you game. go ahead because you love the the weirdness. Oh, this the is next I was game, really Utah versus North, Northwestern has Las some Vegas fun, fun elements to it. Okay, yes, let's sir. get let's in dig into Bowl. Utah's situation here. I didn't even know you could legally do what Utah is going to do. I would just put that out there. Listen to this. Utah, wide receiver, opted out for the bowl. 
I guess he's going to the NFL. I don't know. Um, backup quarterback in the transfer portal. The other backup quarterback in the transfer portal. Wide receiver, cornerback in the transfer portal. Starting quarterback, Cam Rising, injured and out. Backup quarterback, Brandon Rose, injured and out. How many quarterbacks did I just mention? I mentioned four oh. quarterbacks. So here's the note that, is, that I didn't even know was possible. Quarterback Bryson Barnes, who is in the transfer portal, is going to start this football game for Utah. I didn't even know you could do that. But that's what Utah is going to do. <laughs> Correct. And okay, so. they're still going to play great defense. Yeah. And then Northwestern, who's better than you would have thought they were, especially with the crap they went through uh, toward the start of the season. Uh, they've got an offensive guard, starting offensive guard in the transfer portal. Um, and their interim head coach has been offered the full-time job. So, you know, maybe they get behind this guy. He's been offered the job. They want to do good for him for the bowl game. Uh, there's a note here about the starting safety will return. Uh, he's been out for two weeks, so he's coming back from injury. So that'll beef up their defense a little bit. This should be interesting. Big loss on the offensive guard, though. 764 snaps is a lot. It is. Yeah, so that's probably, you know, I think that James Madison Air Force game's probably, it's got some interesting aspects to it. But this is the first game, I think, that has big-name teams. You know, and now I'm not putting too much on, on Western. Moving on to the Hawaii Bowl in another <laughs> segment of Who Gives a Shit. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina starting State. quarterback. He's out with an injury. Wide receiver, edge rusher, linebacker, all in the transfer portal. We're going to start the third stringer. Two QBs are in the in the portal. Four straight starts. Jose San Jose State. Your offensive tackle and tight end, both in the transfer portal, both with over 500 snaps. So, you get to go to Hawaii, which is fun, yeah. but but if you're Coastal Carolina, I think you're outgunned in this one, Terry. I'm just saying. I mean, I think so. the third-string quarterback. So, I mean, but San Jose State's been a decent football team, you know? This we poor guy, on, though. We, we picked on USC early. Because they had such difficulty with San, o San Jose State's offense, didn't he? Or was it San Diego State? It was one of the California State schools. About like the directional schools, they don't mean nothing in Michigan. But anyway. But th this I'm poor ready. starting quarterback Take, for Coastal Carolina, I think his name's Grayson McCall, in the transfer portal, out with concussions. That that's not a very tempting guy to go grab from the transfer portal when you start talking. That. Nope. Nope. So I think he's already found the landing spot. He wasn't on the list of big names there, but I think he's found his spot. But that's just um, what a weird situation. Enter the transfer portal. Agreed. Out with concussions. All right. So the quick lane bowl. Uh, that's going to be on Tuesday uh, after we get done with Christmas and open our presents and hug and kiss our. 
family. Um, quick, we're going to have three games on Tuesday, the 26th. The first one's a quick lane bowl. That one is going to be between Bowling Green and Minnesota. Um, let's see, Bowling Green is missing a running back and a cornerback in the transfer portal and another running back and a safety out with injury. In Minnesota, the starting quarterback is in the transfer portal, three running backs, three injured running backs. So the backup quarterback is his first career start. Minnesota's going to imitate Iowa with the over-under on this one. They might get to 21 yeah. points because that's, that's a lot of key players that are not going to be in the game for either team. But they're on offense. Like you said, these key yeah. players for Minnesota are on offense, and Minnesota can still play a little defense. So um, that's the expectation. I, lo- I, love the, I love the next one. First responder bull. Texas State versus Rice. Who cares? Texas State. See, this is my point. Way too many bowl games. Like, I give a shit. Now, will I watch them? Of course. Well, they're going to count in our group. They're going to count in our pick group. So, that's what you're going to. You're going to watch them. Who's leading the pick group? Oh, yeah. You're tied. Seven and two. My name is A. His is B. B, so that means I'm number one. Number okay, one. so and are we at Texas State and Rice? And as, yeah. the co- as the co-host of this show, mm-hmm. I means I'm number one. There you go. I don't make the rules. It's, it's T and A, though. So yeah, T but comes before I'm me. beating T, which means A is number one. But I'm the tits and you're the ass. Always. Always. Always the ass. Anyway, so let's um, go to Texas State and Rice. like a good piece of ass, Terry. Maybe you <laughs> should figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> Texas State and Rice. <laughs> so Texas State, uh, they're just missing um, missing an offensive guard. Um, and they're not even really saying he's not playing. He just missed the last game. Rice, um, starting quarterback, is medically retired due to concussions. So um, back up quarterback is going to start this one so these two teams are fairly full force but the quarterback situation for rice is is pretty telling there um the guaranteed rate bowl is the last game on tuesday the 26th that's kansas and unlv um the kansas quarterback who's pretty good is out with a back injury and they got two offensive linemen that are Offensive linemen, offensive linemen, who are injured also. So that's not no, that's not very good for Kansas. That would be why the quarterback got hurt too. I'm just making that up, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> that that could logically lead to it. Um, so the, uh, there's a note about rumors about the UNLV quarterback entering the portal, but I have not seen any proof of that. Um. And the starting safety missed the conference championship game. So not a huge list in this game. Um, you know, starting quarterback being out is a big impact there. I don't know what the backup can do. So um, that's something to consider there. And was it Kansas or Kansas State that lost the offensive coordinator to Penn State? Because that will be a little bit of a big deal, particularly if it's Kansas and you're dealing with the backup quarterback. In fact, I want to say it is Kansas. I think the coordinator went to Penn State, and now you're dealing with the backup quarterback with the different offensive coordinator. So that that will 
may be a big deal. The good news for Kansas is their head coach is very offensively minded, so they might have a chance. So the next, in fact, game... it's against you and against UNLV, so they should have a chance. Now, right. are we gonna? Now that was the last one for Tuesday. We're recording next Wednesday. Yeah, so but we, we record late. Let's go, we'll have to get these games in. So yeah, let's uh, okay. let's go over through Wednesday. Right, There's right. four games on Wednesday, the 27th. Military Bowl is Tulane and Virginia Tech. Tulane's head coach left for the Houston job. They've got a dang this wide receiver, according to my notes, has over six thousand snaps this year. I'm pretty sure that's a typo, but um, <laughs> he's got to be tired. So they got a wide receiver, two edges, and a safety. So uh, that's a lot of snaps for edges that they're going to be missing there that are in the transfer portal. Um, but, you know, these defensive linemen come in and out, so maybe they got somebody behind them that can do good. Virginia Tech, uh, a tight end and a cornerback in the transfer portal. Otherwise, there's no notes on them. So um, I don't know. Duke Mayo. I will Bowl. update your next one. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Drake May did indeed uh, declare for the draft. We don't have an updated note there, but he has declared for the draft. Has he opted out? Now that I'm not sure. Yeah, but we'll I would. I would think that. so. Yeah. So yeah, I have he's... not updated these this week, but um, these are as of last week because I did not rumble through right. all of this stuff been a busy week but we got north carolina and west virginia in the duke mayo bowl one of the grossest celebrations of a bowl possible uh tied in and quarterback out in the transfer portal for north carolina and the drake may situation probably double check that uh west virginia we got a defensive lineman and a safety in the transfer portal and uh the starting center had surgery and will miss the bowl game and that's a big deal Okay, yeah. so this one's pretty interesting. Huge deal when it's the guy guy getting your quarterback the ball. This could have been a very big bowl game, but this list of people not playing is going to make sure it's not. Louisville versus USC in the Holiday Bowl. An edge and a safety in the transfer portal for the Cardinals. And um, starting safety has declared for the NFL, but will play in the bowl game for Louisville. Um, USC Drake May will not. Okay. I googled it. Well, so he's he out. Will not. So he's out. That changes North Carolina's offense altogether. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but that's good. Before we we got off the show, I wanted to make sure we knew Drake May is not playing in the bowl game, and I thought that was the case because right. normally when they declare they, they sit out, but um. But I want to talk about this game because this is fucking hot garbage. USC and LSU or US USC and Louisville. So go ahead and start over, Terry. USC or Louisville edges out safeties in the transfer portal. Safety Cameron Kelly declared for NFL, but will play. It's but what USC about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is not. Oh, playing. it. He's optimistic. It fucking bothers me. This is a guy that got paid seven figures by the university to come play football and your ass ain't going to be in the fucking game. I cannot tell you how much that drives me crazy. Because he got paid for NIL, and he's a scholarship player, which means he got paid twice. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to play in the football game. And that's where we are But right I don't now. believe he's declared 
Has he declared for the draft? I mean, he I may not he officially declared for the draft, but I mean, come on. But he didn't have a great season to go ahead and hang his shit on. Yeah, NFL but there's still there's still either, people you know? putting him right there near the top. You're fine. Go ahead. Caleb so, Williams has 761 snaps. In no way, shape, or form is USC the same football team without him. I will say that. All. Without without Caleb Williams, they're not even close. And as of me oh, taking these notes last week. Go ahead and tell them the other good week, news, Terry. Yeah. About USC? Yeah, tell well, them the other good news about the wide receiver, the offensive line. The... <laughs> so they got a wide receiver and defensive lineman in the transfer portal. Um, they did have a starting offensive lineman miss a regular season finale, and there's a wide receiver and running back declared. But at the time of these notes, had not opted out. Um might want to double check that, but USC is definitely down with Caleb Williams out. But um, you know, maybe Louisville is at better strength, and maybe they're fired up after their loss to Florida State in the ACC championship game. They so got the great last, defense. Yeah, and the last game that we're going to talk about is the Texas Bowl, Texas A and M and Oklahoma State. Um, and Texas A and M, who knows what's going on with them? Third-string quarterback to start his third consecutive game. Uh, several potential opt-outs. Um, at the time of these notes, none had announced that. Um, one of their receivers is injured with a broken finger. Oklahoma State, one wide receiver. Doesn't look like he got a lot of snaps. Is in the transfer portal. Oklahoma State's going to be pretty full strength. And to be quite honest... Even if Texas A&M was pretty strong here and wasn't starting their third-string quarterback, I might go with Oklahoma State here. Oh, never mind. The next page. I'm sorry. I missed it. The leading rusher in the nation, Ollie Gordon, has opted out. It, he, That's he a pretty big out. impact. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to tell you on the uh, USC issue because I did the quick Google search, mm -hmm. Caleb Williams. Brandon Rice, Brendan Rice, rather, and Michael Jackson, the third, all not playing in the Holiday Bowl. Okay. So they have opted out now. Along all with right. Jamari Thrash is going to skip it, and he forgoes his remaining eligibility for Louisville, the wide receiver. Well, all right. That's all the and games that will probably happen before um, – before we record again, that's the plan at least. You know, toward the end of that, we start seeing some decent games or some possibly decent games. A lot of opt-outs, but who knows? We might see another um, another backup running back with 20 yards in his career go off. That's the kind of stuff I like to see. Maybe we'll see more of that. <laughs> Any final thoughts, sir? A lot going on. No. A lot of football no, I mean, games, big... and not a lot of them are great. Trying to make it fun. It's not real fun when, when it's games like this. I mean, bowl season used to be more fun. Next week will be a more fun because we're going to get to talk about – I'm going to return to form uh, as an Alabama fan, Roll Tide. And we're going to get to talk about how Nick Saban is going to end – Michigan's hopes and do us all a favor 
and remove the black cloud from ever being over the record books because Alabama beats Michigan by 14. You hear me, Terry? <laughs> It'll be 14 points. They're going to beat them. And they're not gonna they're not gonna let them do what they've done to other teams and muscle them and bully them around. That's the one thing I think that um, is always fun. I you know we talk about the intangibles. I joke that Nick Saban's worth seven points just prowling the sideline. I think Michigan had a real intimidation factor this year, and I really do. I genuinely believe that that they intimidated and bullied teams this year. You ain't gonna bully Alabama, and. If it gets that far, if you win, you ain't going to bully Texas. I don't know about Washington if you could get away with bullying them, that big defense that Michigan brings. But you ain't going to bully Alabama, and you ain't going to bully Texas. Right. Because both of them know what know what it takes. I Now, from a physicality standpoint, I don't know about Washington. But they got the, the runner-up to the Heisman, the coach of the year. They're in the playoff as the two-seed. So maybe they're a lot better than I think they are. So we'll talk more about that next week. But uh, in the meantime, to all those that celebrate, Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening. All right, guys. Thanks for listening as always. We really appreciate it. We're hoping for a lot more excitement in the next couple of weeks. The excitement right now, of course, is in recruiting. These games, for the most part, stink. Trying to make them sound exciting trying to build some anticipation, trying to get behind one team or another, but it's kind of difficult right now, and I think we all know it, but that's going to improve. Like Andrew said, next week we're really going to be talking about the games that matter, and it's going to get really fun. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We are TNA Top 10 on all social media. I'm TWeave79. He's 30, your fan. We're available weekly where you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, and share. Thank you.